You are listening to the Therefore I Geek podcast, episode number 21. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Therefore a Geek. I'm Andrew. And I'm Tracy. And joining us today uh, is one of our uh, longstanding uh, staff writers, who will probably be joining us periodically from here out, is Kurt. Hello, everyone. So, uh, this will be our last podcast for 2014. I know. Can you believe we've already done a whole year? Well, most of a year? Yeah, it's the calendar's over. Yeah. Usually lasts the same amount of time. No, I mean, we've done podcasting for most of a year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that, I mean, this, awesome. is, this is the end of the first year that we've been doing it, and it's so fun. And twenty-one is a nice number. Yeah, yeah. I like I like the number twenty-one. That's well, good. if you if you include the, uh, the 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 two special editions we do, we've got twenty-three now. Oh right, right. So yes. almost to twenty-five, which will be nice. That's also a good number. Yeah. I like fives. I like threes, fives, and sevens. That's, yeah. I know it's weird. Well, so basically, get, odd numbers. Mm-hmm. You get also a discount pri- on your auto insurance. Also, prime numbers. Yes, that's, those are the two, literally the two reasons that I love those, because they're, they're odd and they're prime. I'm okay with one, but one's not really, a, it's a different situation. It is. One and I have a history, it's not, it's not pretty. Hmm. Yeah. You but, realize now, because of that statement, that one is the loneliest number may be the theme song for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that may be happening. It was the only thing that I was thinking about. <laughs> <laughs> it took everything I had not to start singing. So and we're so grateful. Yeah. We're so grateful. <laughs> so obviously, you know, twenty fourteen is wrapping up here, so we thought we'd do a, a kind of a year in review podcast. Just talking about things we we enjoyed, um, something a little bit of news, a couple things we didn't enjoy. Yeah. So it's been it's we've had a lot going on this year. I mean, as far as the geek world goes. Yeah, it's been it's it's I mean it's been a good year though. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely very eventful. A lot of fun stuff. Um, yeah. So news stories. I think the biggest. This is the biggest, the biggest recently, we'll say. Yeah, the internet had fun with this. That was all people talked about for days. Well, yeah, the new Star Wars, tra- the new Star Wars trailer, yep. which makes sense. I mean, the internet loves everyone loves Star Wars in general. Not everyone, but you know, actual people. <laughs> like, if you like Star Wars, you're not you don't you don't qualify as people anymore. Oh, <laughs> it's like not having opposable thumbs. You cease being human. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, so um, the soccer ball droids. <laughs> soccer ball droid. I thought they were cute, but that'll, then I like small be, things. You got that. You got the, the speed that looks like a popsicle. Yes. Um, the lightsaber that we don't understand yet. I, I'm not going to say it's stupid because I have no idea what they're going with, where they're going with it. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was very odd looking, but like you said, I mean, this could be amazing and we just haven't figured that out yet. Um, these things tend to like when you see something for less than a second on a screen or at max two or three seconds you can't really get a good grasp for what's going on yeah and of course there's always the option that you know they just gave away the coolest part of the movie that's also possible like episode one where uh darth darth maul uh opens up the, the other half of the, the double-bladed lightsaber yeah. yeah that was a good moment that was pretty cool i enjoyed it my actual favorite part i can it's the second of the newer ones that are actually the original one not not the original made ones the newer ones that are about anakin the Four, second five one and six yeah yeah 
Oh yeah, so it, it's the second one of one, two, and three. So I get, it's number two. What's that? Phantom Attack Menace? of the Clones. Uh, I forget the name every yes. time, and that's always Attack of the Clones. Anyway, the only the only good part of that whole movie for me was the um, Obi Wan Kenobi riding on a dragon lizard thing. Really? You know the best part for me? What? Bumblebee, Bumblebee Yoda at the end. Fantastic. He's doing all the hang flips on, all over the on. place. <laughs> yeah. Tracy, that was episode three. Every time. Uh. I've, okay, I've seen these like maybe twice. So, and yeah. I was really sleepy. Well, see, when those night. movies came out, uh, being at the center, we got all of them. So I saw the movie, that particular one, uh, a few times, but I would always go into the theater. I would check my watch, check the time, and I would go in right at the end whenever Yoda's doing his thing. Oh, <laughs> God. I loved it. Loved nice. it. <laughs> Perks, <hilarious>. man. Perks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take so, when you get them. Another big thing that happened in the video game world is being called, sorry about this, Andrew, Gamergate, which was when Zoe Quinn uh, created her Steam game Depression Quest, and um, apparently it got good reviews, but it was not a great game. I played it. It wasn't that great. Well, yeah, I mean, the issue was not so much the game itself. It was, you know, it came out later that, that uh, apparently, and I don't know how true it is or not, but you know, she she slept with different people involved other other different people at steam or different people who reviewed it and a lot of people said that's why they that's why she got you know the game got made and then why she got good reviews and things like that and then uh, i cannot remember the other woman's name anita sarkeesian yeah and she went off on something and she made the whole thing um a a misogyny thing yeah well and then and then people started you know making death and rape threats against her which is just it's not cool. A horrible. No, you don't. You cannot do that. That's absolutely ridiculous. And not to mention, out of the whole part of the, it where it makes you a horrible human being, it also completely undermines your standpoint. Completely. Yeah. yeah com- undermines your standpoint and completely reinforces everything she was saying. Exactly. Yeah. So that was kind of dumb. There's, the internet, the people are still not over that either. That, that's getting a little ridiculous. Like it's been, what, six months? Something like that. Maybe four. It might have been four or five months because it was towards, it was, I think, September. Yeah. But still. No, no. It had, no. Or no, maybe I just started noticing it in September because it had already been going Yeah, because Shane and I were talking about it at his um, Cards Against Humanity party at the end of the summer. Right. That's correct. Okay. And so that was it, August. And it, was, it, and it was, had already happened. Yeah, it was old. It was not old, but it, it had been out for a little while by that point already. So. Yeah. Another big thing that broke um, a little more recently is, um, and this is, has a little bit of personal, um, I don't know what the word is. Connotation. Connotation for me. Um, and that is that Jim Logan, who at the time was in charge of Snick's shop, and I don't know what he's running now because he, he tends to um, change his company name periodically when he gets in trouble, um, was called out for um, stealing money from cosplayers. He would allow them to place custom orders, take their money through PayPal, and then now PayPal only allows you to get your money back within the first 45 days if you register a complaint. But he would deliberately put the deadline for when he would provide the goods to them outside of that 45-day mark so that you couldn't take up your claim with PayPal at all. Right. Um, and he, he didn't – I got my stuff. Um, I ordered from him. But it it took basically some form of minor bullying on my part basically to give me my stuff – and or giving my money back, which he couldn't do because right. he spends the money. So well, and like, like I mean, I knew someone also who had who had gotten it without a problem. But at the same time, you know, big name, fairly large name people make tourney 
mm-hmm. got got ripped off by the guy. Yeah, and also um, Jillikins, the big cosplayer. Yeah, um, she also had has had stuff done. She hasn't been ripped off by him, but actually, she's the reason that I ordered through him because she's he's made a couple of her pieces. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's he's worked with some big name, and again, it just goes back to professionalism. Well, well, what was impressive was the fact that I mean, like you know, people make complaints. And then he would just go on these tirades. I mean, they're on YouTube. Yeah. Um, I'll see if I see if I can find. There was one in particular. I mean, it was probably tw- a twenty-minute long. And at first, he, he starts making like he's okay. You're like, all right, fine. He's the guy's just aggravated. You know, he's got compl- people complaining against him. And then somewhere after about five minutes, he starts going off the deep end. And I mean, it just turns into a, a nonsensical rant. The big problem Re- really, for me... Really kind of against... Like, personally against people. He does that. And the other thing, too, is he tends to have um, a chorus of yes-men that follow him around and tell him I that he's great. Say, it sounds like a big ego problem. Well, yeah, <clears throat> it is. Um, and he also... He can't handle money. And th- there's a bunch of stuff going into it. But he does have these people that kind of go around and say, Oh, Jim, you're, you're a great guy. Don't listen to the haters. And... I mean, just in general, that's not a good idea. If you've got a friend that's screwing up a little bit you might not want to confront him about it but don't don't tell him he's doing fine i mean that's but yeah so that that happened that actually happened fairly recently and then the other big one that's big for the hampton roads area is the new tidewater comic-con yeah it was a lot of fun it was it was great fun so that was our first big event in the uh, first comic-con event in about 15 years or so in the area yeah I mean, there's, there's some others i mean MarsCon in williamsburg and mm-hmm. yeah, there's been some other the relaxicon <laughs> the way they sell themselves nothing um, big what's the other um necocon necocon ring of fire like this there's small events um this is by far the biggest event in the area yeah and and it was on the south side as well so it was um a well, little bit further so, I mean, away. some of them i mean uh, the Ring of Fire Con was in the south. Was on the south side. Oh, a couple, it was okay. A couple years ago, they did a couple um, Blood on the Beach conventions, and those were also on the south side. Actually, all all those were at the same hotel. Oh, okay. Yeah, but Mike <laughs> Federali's been on our podcast a couple of times. Yeah. He's a great guy. He does a lot for um, the geek community in the area, and um, he really put on a great show. Yeah, and we've got another one coming up in May. Yes, we do, and we're excited to be there too. Yep. Well, we've already got our spot reserved and everything. Yep. So I mean, that'll be a lot of fun. It's been a good year, I think, in general. Yeah, it has. Yeah. We've had a good time. I had a lot of fun at the Comic Con myself. I mean, that was actually the first one I had been to in forever. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I could. I love cosplay, and people came out in droves with the cosplay. Man, it was it was just good times. Yeah. It, it, there aren't a whole lot of events in the area where you can actually cosplay. So I think that people were just excited to yeah. be able to get out there and, to have a and do it. Yeah, yeah well, and, dress up. and they did they, they did a good job of keeping the tickets tickets affordable. Yes, yes. That was that's, something that's something Federal is um, really harped on. Uh, I mean, it's kind of an obvious thing to try and try and get people involved, uh, and I think that had that's had a lot to do with the the success of the event. Yeah, I I agree. So what about comics for this year? This is a fun one. That's been a good year. It has been a good year. Andrew, what did you... I know you've got a bunch of stuff that you've been reading this year, but... Yeah, well, so I, I switched to all digital comics um, September, October time frame. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really kind of allowed me to actually read everything I buy. Good. Well, um, it's easy. You can just carry the, the Kindle Fire around and it's yeah. right there as opposed to, oh, which ones am I going to read? And 
And if you decide you're bored with one, you can just switch off and go to another one. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in general, yeah, it's portable. It's nice. It's not. It's also like my collection at one point was kind of feeling like it was trying to eat me alive. <laughs> <laughs> the whole concept yeah. though just seems strange. Just to carry it, around everything. Oh yeah, a little pad. Very. You know. Um, and there's a couple thousand. You've got a couple thousand digital comics on there at this point. Uh, I'm probably pushing 2,000. I think I just just over 2,000. I mean, some of that is like, hey, I bought like, you know, or like uh, when when I got my New York Comic Con passes, they're like, here's 100 free comics. Right. And yeah. I've, I've done that. I've also bought like entire runs of stuff. Like I bought the entire Abnett Landing Guardians of the Galaxy. I bought the entire Abnett Landing Nova series a couple of years ago when I first got, got an iPad. Mm-hmm. Recently, I just bought 100 issues worth of X-Men that have been on sale. Because um, one of my goals for next year is to read the entirety of Uncanny X-Men. Nice. It does beg the question, though. How does the pricing work? Is it the same price you'd go to the store and get a hard so, copy? So for brand new stuff, yeah, it's the same, it's the same price. But um, you don't get the, the you, actual book. Right, you don't get the physical book. It's the same, same price, like, day of. And and that that's really kind of a concession to, to retail stores. Um, oh, to keep the price up so that it doesn't matter if you get it online? Right. Or, okay. Right. I know I know a lot of stores were afraid of, of losing losing customers, like a lot of customers, to digital only if it was cheaper. Um, that makes sense. Now, and it depends on the publisher. I think Marvel's about after about six months they'll drop the price down to one ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. And it's pretty much one ninety nine across the board for like everything. Right. And, and then, then from time to time they put stuff like collections on sale. Well, yeah. I mean, not just collections. Like every week, Marvel does. They call it Marvel Mondays. So on Comixology, so they have a, a they have some sale, and they try and make it as relevant as possible to whatever, whatever's going on, you know, whatever events or whatever are coming out or movies and whatnot, and they'll do ninety nine cent sales. So I picked up a lot of stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, DC right now is doing um, every the last two Christmases they've done discounted collections. So a bunch of like the the big name DC trade paperback stuff, Watchmen, some of the some of the some of the big Batman stuff is all five bucks and they're usually between 10 and 15. Oh, that's nice. No, yeah, no, okay. it's a real, yeah, that, that's, that's a real nice sale yeah, too. Yeah, that is nice. Plus <laughs> you don't have more. all these long boxes uh, yeah, and then, sitting uh, in the corner of your room. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, it's nice to avoid whenever you can just carry it on. It's amazing. Right. Like we, a half inch, maybe a quarter <laughs> inch thick pad carries everything you could ever want as far as comics is concerned. It just blows my mind. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I mean, I've got a 16, 16 gig Kindle Fire, and it's, I want to say, like, I can, I've can i probably got 200 comics on it. Like, I can fit between two and 300 comics on it, probably, capacity, like, space-wise. Okay, but like, how, but, many, how many How many fit in a long box? 400. Yeah, oh, no, 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 yeah. Well, but the other, the other thing that's great is, like, I can delete off stuff I've read... And if I re- if I want to pull it back up for some reason, all I got to do is re-download it. Right. It's so like it's it's all it, saved in your account. Yeah, it's all yeah, it's yeah, all no, always it's fantastic available. Fantastic technology. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It just it blows my mind. Um. Yeah. So what have you been reading? It's... So I think probably the the best new title this year that I've read. Probably the the best is, is probably Little Nemo. Oh um, yeah. I'm just loving yeah. that book. I love the art is so amazing. Little Nemo. Yeah, it's um Little Nemo Return to Slumberland. So, uh, Little Nemo, for people who don't know, is a... Is this that video game that came out back in, like... There was a video game, but when we were kids... Yeah. Yeah, there was a video... Is this the same Yeah, world? same... Yep, same world. Okay. Um, there was also um, an anime film about the same time. But it's actually all based on a 
um, Sunday newspaper strip, like page long newspaper strip from 1905 to 1927. Good grief. Yeah. Right. Um, and I actually just for Christmas, my folks got me the, the entire collection, which is downstairs. And it weighs at least as much as one of the cats, if not to both of the cats combined. <laughs> this thing, it's prob- this is how we measure things now. One cat, <laughs> cats. Two, two cats. cats. <laughs> this whole bookshelf is probably about the weight of 27 cats. <laughs> 27 and a half. Oh, it's like the English using stone. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> they use stone, we use cats. What's? I don't see the problem here. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's um, funny. No, but the, I mean, the book's probably about two inches thick, and it it is dense yeah it's like it's like almost 800 pages it's absolutely gorgeous wow. though you showed me when you first got it full color oh yeah just really really pretty edition yeah, yeah i'd like to nice. take a look at it yeah, yeah. i'll definitely uh we'll bring i'll we'll pull it out after we're after we're done here but uh rocket raccoon is also a really good one that's been yeah, a lot of fun it has um scotty young's he's got a great sense of humor and he he plays with that 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 world a lot yeah um and his arts art really fits it allows him, you know. I mean, Rocket, and, Rocket, and Groot are pretty goofy characters to start with, and and Young's art really kind of enforces that and, and has a lot of fun with that. He also does some unusual stuff, like the one issue that was entirely uh, the words "I am." Oh Groot. my god, that one! Was the entire freaking... one, including like Seriously? the the, the so, sign so, on the side of the cat uh, of a taxi cab. The advertisement said "I am Groot" so, on so, it. Okay. So so <laughs> let's describe it. <laughs> that that, pr- that particular issue, it was. Rocket and Groot were like like taking a bunch of like Boy Scout, you know, like basically Boy Scouts on a camping trip, and Rocket was telling them ghost stories, and so Groot wants him to tell a particular story, and he's like, "No, I'm not going to tell it." And Groot keeps trying to get him, so he's like, "Fine, you tell it." So it's Groot telling the story, but all Groot says is, "I am, <laughs> I am Groot." <laughs> so it it's not quite the um the the old GI Joe the Larry Hammer the silent issue. Um, silent interlude, I think. Oh, I can never remember the damn name of this book. Um, it's not quite that, but it, it's along those lines where it's that that you know the, the it's basically the entire story is basically told to the art as opposed to right, the so uh, word bubbles. But the best the thing, panels. the very yeah. best thing, is that the the ki- every now and then they they jump to the kids listening to the story and they're they're actually mirroring the emotions of the story, so they're well, understanding uh, what's going well, no, on. No, 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 it's just it's just it's just in the end. And oh like, yeah, there's like three of the kids are like what. Do you, get, do you know what the hell that was? And there's one kid who looks like a plant, and he's like, that was the best story ever. <laughs> so cute. Um, oh, yeah. That sounds fun. In terms of, in terms of stuff that, that's not necessarily new, um, it's not a new 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 story this year, is um, it's still the, the, the Snyder Capullo Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the end of Zero Year, which was really, really good. It's kind of the new 52 version of Year One. And then now we're into Endgame, uh, and the Return of the Joker. Nice. And, and it's, it's it's interesting. Um, Scott Snyder's kind of doing the, the Grant Morrison idea that every so every so often the Joker kind of has almost like a mental breakdown and just completely reinvents himself. Um, that's, that's Grant Morrison's theory of how the Joker works, and and Snyder seems to be making use of that. Nice it's sound theory. I like it. Yeah. Just interesting that Grant Morrison and Sound Theory were used in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, that's fine. <laughs> it, 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 I mean, I'll it works. Do it again. It, no, it works, but it's just like one of those like, oh, I wouldn't have thought that would. <laughs> yeah, that, did, that wouldn't have occurred to me. Uh, for me, um, well, I've been reading a lot of small press stuff, and I like all of it. So, um, big shout out to um, 
Titan Comics, Mirror, Magnetic, um, Boom Studios, uh, so many, so many really good standalone comics and like very brief series. But I have to say, um, I've been catching up on Saga and Lock and Key, which I've been saying forever, but seriously, I am reading them. Um, and you guys have been talking about Saga for a while. You're making me want to read it. It's well, fun. it's it's ongoing. Lock and Key's done. That's it's with six trades and it's done. Right. But Saga continues to go, and it's it's an it's not my normal at all. No, so Saga is really. For, I mean, for one, it's, it's Brian K. Vaughan, and and the the man in terms of especially in terms of comics has really done no wrong. <laughs> no, and when you I mean, when, when you look at what he's written for comics, he's writing Saga now. He wrote uh, Ex Machina. He wrote Why the Last Man. He's written these just really strong, fantastic stuff. This is actually, I think, his first one at, at Image. So I think the other two were at Vertigo. But you know, he, just, he, he writes these great creator-owned stuff. Now, so the, the the fourth trade of Saga just came out. The last six issues have not been quite as strong, I think. Um, and I think part of that's just so because of Fiona Staples and her art, they do it in six six issue arcs. And they take a two to three month break in the middle and then do another six. And then the first 18 were kind of one big arc. And then now we're on to the, the kind of the, the start of the second big arc with like 19 through 24. And it's been, it's been good. It didn't make a whole lot of sense until like the end of issue 23, issue 24. He kind of likes to do that though. I remember when I read the first trade, uh, Andrew had recommended it to me and he lent me the first trade. So I'm reading through it and I'm about halfway through and I keep messaging him and saying, okay, what? I don't understand. What's going on? This doesn't make... Is the baby really... I was what? just going to ask, is there a quick and dirty summary you can just... I mean, what's... It's a saga, so it's going to be a continuing story, but yeah, what's so, it about? So <clears throat> basically you're following... Um, there, there's two, two warring factions. I can't remember the name of the name planets. There's two two alien races. One of them have have wings, um, and that's that, and a lot of the mother belongs to that race, and then one of them has various types of horns. And it's Marco, the father. So basically, the two of them have kind of a Romeo and Juliet kind of thing going, um, and they have a baby, and basically this is kind of chronicling her. It looks like it's chronicling her growing up. Okay. Um, That's easy enough. But her parents know that both sides don't like the fact that she exists because they hate each other. Right. So um, they're run- on the run from both species. Yeah. Um, which is basically... that. That's, yeah. that's quick it. and dirty. Yeah. Just exactly what I wanted. Perfect. Yeah. And what's, what's interesting about it, and I've heard this pointed out several times, is that although it's this alien universe, mm-hmm. it's done in such a way that that it's familiar enough to us that we can just accept it and, and run with it mm-hmm. because it's relatable. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But there's some very yeah, unusual good, things that happen to read. Oh yeah. The rocket trees. Those are my favorite. Rocket trees are good. Yes. Rocket trees. They're rocket trees. Don't, okay. don't ask. Just, I'll just go with find it. Find out. Just go with it. Um, another one that I'm a big fan of, and we've had the writer on our podcast before is, um, Grayson from DC. Yes. That was, um, uh, Tom King, first of all, was, was a fantastic guest. If you guys haven't listened to that podcast, go back. Yes. I think it's about three episodes now. I think episode 18, I think, is what it was. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely worth listening to. He's a, we had a great time with him. He's a really uh, really interesting person to talk to. Yes, he is. Um, yeah, the, the book's been a lot of fun. 
Um, what I love about this book is that it is pushing the envelope. It's making, um, much like we just said about Rocket Raccoon, he does different things with some of the issues. Um, the most recent one, it requires a lot of thinking. It's it's really, and I don't want to spoil it because no, I know yeah, you're about I'm, to read yeah, it. Yeah, I'm an issue behind on it, so Tracy's trying not to spoil it. <laughs> but issue number five, when we when we had him on here, he's told us, Issue number five is coming out in a couple weeks. It is my favorite issue to date. And I see why. I know exactly why this is his favorite issue. Yeah, well, unlike the Features End issue. Um, mm -hmm. Also really good one. Right, that was told. Um, Backwards. Yeah, it told, yeah, basically told in reverse chronology. That was, so, I mean, like, yeah, he, he, he takes he takes the stories he wants to tell and then tells them in unique ways and, and really try, tries different things, experiments with different things. And it's, it's nice that DC's really, from what he said, really been supportive of him. Uh, and like back at the beginning of the new 52, there was a lot of, a lot of issues came out with like DC editorial interference. Mm -hmm. And I think with, a, with a lot of titles that really hurt sales. Sure. Um, I mean, they canceled, they've canceled a lot of new 52 titles, like the original titles. Yeah. You know, and certainly the ones that survived are, pro are certainly very strong titles, very good titles. But at the same time, more of these titles could have survived if they were allowed to do what they were doing, like they were doing good things and then they tried to screw with them. Yeah. yeah. So it's no, nice to see them, some them coming around and recognizing that was probably not the best idea and the best plan. And, and, and they're making something. Yeah. Making absolutely. Some changes. The point of the new 52 is to basically reboot most in, of the stories. In theory. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, Why well, would you stop it and be like, Oh, you can't do that. Well, in part, all, part of what happened in a lot of places was that, um, they ended up giving it to writers who were popular like 20 years ago. Like Rob Liefeld got a fucking book. Uh, Rob Liefeld, like Rob, Rob, I'm sorry, Rob Liefeld needs to not be writing or drawing comics. I gotcha. So they didn't actually get new talent with, you know, new fresh ideas. It was not, just... not, not always. They did some, they did in some place or they got people who, who were different and good. Like Gail Simone on Batgirl. I was just going to say <clears> that. <throat> yes. Um, and actually to be perfectly honest, I am le understanding. I am not the target audience for Batgirl. And, and it, what? It, well, well, no, I'm not. The, <laughs> they, they, they're, they're, they're aiming Batgirl at, at more of a female audience now. With when they changed over writing and art, so and I, younger I am, female too. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so I am not the obviously the target audience, but I I'm not liking it nearly as much. I've heard quite a bit of there's been some flack where people are actually um, getting upset about the way that um, certain um, special interest groups are being portrayed. I don't know that that's actually a thing. I I haven't dug enough into it, but I do I have heard almost across the board slight disappointment. We'll put it that way. Yeah, although I'm I think it's Comics Alliance had an art article the other day about. Look, just because it's not perfect doesn't mean it's not good, and doesn't mean we shouldn't support it. Mm -hmm. And and I, like I'm all for it. Like I think the book should be out there. It just doesn't happen to be my favorite. Yeah, you know, and that's fine. Like not every comic should be written towards me. Yeah, just despite my ego. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. No, that's absolutely. A terrible idea. And the other right. one that I'm actually behind on and I need to get caught up on is Nightcrawler, which we are super happy about because Chris Claremont was really excited about it when we saw him in Phoenix uh, earlier this year, and. I'm I'm super glad because he's he's definitely made good. Yeah, he has. Um, especially uh, I kind of said it before. You know, when when he tried to do X Men Forever and and kind of rewrite what he wanted to do back in the '90s, it was really not very good. And I was not very, I was I was hopeful, but but not holding my breath for Nightcrawler. And it's been very good. It's been yeah. a lot of fun. He's just you know, but he's brought in a lot of the 
the old Errol Flynn swashbuckling kind of stuff um, that that Nightcrawler was known for. And I mean, yeah, I mean Claremont, you know, he's responsible for the characterization of Nightcrawler. I mean, he's been writing Nightcrawler. He hadn't been writing Nightcrawler since basically his second appearance. Wow. Well, yeah, because so, I mean, Nightcrawler. Night, yeah, well, I mean, Nightcrawler, like the whole the, the that X Men team, Nightcrawler, Storm, Colossus, that group, um, came in in Giant Size X Men number one, and Len Wein wrote that one knowing that Claremont was going to take over and then starting the next issue. And then Claremont wrote X-Men for 17 years. Hmm. So, I mean, he, he, he's the one who really developed a lot of these characters, Storm and Kitty Pride and Colossus and Nightcrawler and Wolverine. Well, that's, yeah. And, that's the team I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, he's a lot of that's based on the, the probably what you remember too is the nineties cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, that's based on Chris Claremont and Jim Lee. What they okay. were, they were, what they did in the early nineties. So, yeah. So what about you for comics? Uh, well, you know, I have memory that's about as, you know, like a goldfish. You uh, had one sitting on your shelf, and I had to wait for you one time, and I just picked it up. What, what was that stupid thing <laughs> Super called? Ego. <laughs> Super Ego. Yes, I picked it up. Which we have reviewed, by the way. This got, this got reviewed last Saturday on the yeah. blog. So. I, I just, I looked at it, I was like, you know what, this is like a, it's about a psychologist uh, taking in patients who are superheroes. And I, I love the concept. The concept was fantastic. Nice. The art was good, and essentially that's what it was. It was a guy who was just, he was a psychologist, and he was, okay, you guys also have problems. You have to save the world, you have to save the city, the girl, the whomever, whatever. I mean, at minimum, they have a savior complex, otherwise why yeah. else would they be and there? they're all probably yeah. narcissistic. They all yeah. have all these crazy psychological yeah. problems, and it, it was just a really fun read. Because you go, oh, yeah, I guess they would have these problems. Yeah. But then there's a huge twist towards the end where his grandfather's like, you, know, you see him in a couple of panels. Don't spoil just it. Stuck in the garage, and he's all angry because he's going to work and being psychology guy. <laughs> and he's all gruff and grumpy. But you get to the twist, and it's like, oh, all right. Well, this just took a really dark turn. <laughs> <laughs> very, but very dark, yes. Overall, man, I, I love that book. It was fantastic. Well, the beginning well of it. Yeah, I was going to say the beginning of it seems like it's going to be some kind of an existential look at comic books yeah, as a whole. I and, loved it because it was mundane. It and was then just... all of a sudden, oh, wait, but it's also a comic book. It right. is so meta. It was yes. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you definitely. mentioned that and I thought about it and you're right. It totally fits. Yeah. The ending totally fits. It does. It was pretty awesome. Um, so moving on to books. Yes. I've got a list. Why don't you go first? Oh. <laughs> So one of, one of my, my New Year's resolutions was to read more books, and I succeeded. I read more books. Um, <laughs> I didn't do other things quite so much, and and we'll have a New Year's Eve post about how we did and did not do on our New yeah. Year's resolutions. Some were better than others, but reading books is one I did well. Um, so probably the, the best book I read this year was Ready Player One. Um, that's been out for a few years, and I don't remember what made me pick it up. Was it Nikki? No, uh, no, it was my friend Corey. Corey oh, recommended it. Okay, yeah, and it was just like amazing, like the, the the book, like it was a good book. It was like it was good, it was good, it was good, and then you got to like the last like hundred pages, and you were like, "Holy shit, this is amazing!" <laughs> um, that was really good. Um, I've been trying to find something else, kind of, kind of in the same vein. Um, I'm actually going to sign up for Goodreads. Um, Ooh, nice. Just. Because I want something else like that, and I can't. I I don't know what's out there, so I'll figure if I say, "Hey, I like the following books," I can get some other recommendations. Yeah. Um, 
I read Neil, Neil Gaiman's American Gods. Mm-hmm. That took you a while. It yeah, that was a little tough. Like it was good, but you know, I mean, it's Neil Gaiman, so there's a lot of really kind of deep nuances. Nuances. You know, he, he covers a lot of a lot of material. It's not George R. R. Martin dense, but there is a lot to it. So you know, it would take me a while to to make progress on it. And parts of that book were actually fairly mundane. Really? Um, well, yeah, and it's it's a little hard to describe, but like, you know, he would talk about things like you know the main the main character, you know, doing things, and and it makes sense for him to talk about these things and, and what's going on in the story. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, it's, it's everyday stuff. Yeah, yeah, I can see. And that is, that's tough to slog through when you're just reading it. It really is. Because um, if I'm in an action sequence, basically, I stop seeing the words in front of me. And in my head, it's like a movie scene, basically. But if, if you're just giving me a description of a guy's day, I mean, that's going to take me a while to, to chew up and, yeah. and, and process. Well, and, and, and to be perfectly honest, I mean, that's part of what made the, makes the story so good is... Is, is the main character really is just kind of a mundane kind of guy. Like, there's, like you don't think there's anything special about him. Uh, and that's the point. Oh, like he okay. Just, he is. Nice. And then, obviously, I was in Georgia for a couple of months here uh, over the summer again. And I spent a lot of time working uh, nights without a whole, whole lot to do. Um, just I had to be there to, to, to make sure nothing went wrong. So I got a lot of reading done then, and um, I got through the Foundation trilogy, mm-hmm. and I mean, all three were gr- were really good. I think the best though was still the first one, the, the Foundation. Yeah, um, I don't know if you heard that, Kurt. No, I Asimov. Have not. It's really good. Um, you know, so, this is totally off topic, but one of the one of the authors I have not read, and I hate to admit this, I'm going to admit this on our podcast, right? Um, I have never read a Kurt Vonnegut book. You should not admit that. I haven't either, so. Yeah, I don't oh. think any of us have. It's cool. Oh, okay. Well, I feel like I'm in good company, <laughs> yeah. but I really do want to I start reading that. I have wanted to start reading him, but yeah. I never. Um, I've heard it's disturbing, <laughs> so I'm going to have to be careful which one I pick to start with. But yeah, I'm I'm really interested in reading that. Um, We read uh, Red Shirts, and we did a podcast on that this year. That was yeah. a really good book. I actually also I also wrote another one on John Scalzi's um, uh, Old Man's War. Mm-hmm. And that was really good because he's still got that same sense of humor. You know, it's not it's not like Red Shirts where it's a parody book. It's not a funny book per se, but there's still a decent sense of humor to it, and that was good. And I've got two more of his. I've I've heard a lot of good things about Lock In. Okay. Yeah. Um, he was actually funny about that on Twitter a couple two weeks ago. Maybe he was up for some some award for Lock In, and um, another book, The Martian. One, mm-hmm. which actually I've heard amazing things about and I need to read. Mm-hmm. And he's like, he's like, you know, he's like, I appreciate, you know, he's like, yeah, I appreciate it, you know, but you guys don't, you know, you guys can stop sending me, you know, condolences for not winning. He's like, you know, The Martian's a really good book. It, it's fine that it won. And then he's like, also, guys, I've got a Hugo. I'm good. I like that. I think you're fine. Uh, he's like, I like that. He's like, he's like. Well, I, I, I got a, I got a prestigious award. We're, I'm good. <laughs> so. That's hilarious. Um, another one that we both read, but I, I picked it up originally and then you read it afterward is a once crowded sky. And I know that we are talking about Tom King and we have had Tom King on the podcast, but the whole reason that we had him on our podcast is because we love his work. And this book is amazing. Go read it. 
I, I've talked about it in depth on several occasions. Well, so and specifically, gonna... this is the one that got us introduced us to Tom King and really got us to want to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's unlike almost any other book that I've ever read. In fact, if I had to say that, if I had to point out one other book that is similar in um, in feel to it, it would be Super Ego that we just talked about. It's kind of um, like a very brief um, peek at the same idea of looking at the superhero world through mundane eyes like what if this was a real thing what, right. what if this really happened well it's sitting on the nightstand so it sounds like i'll be reading that one next. yeah that's, it's <laughs> a really really good book um another one that i read that i really liked lies of lock lamora um yeah. scott lynch you read this one as well yes really i love this book i have gone through a lot of um the the big name authors of fantasy today the current Guys, uh, George R. R. Martin, I'm okay with him. He has no idea what the subjunctive tense is. If he learns that, I will be much happier. Um, no, you won't. No, I won't. I will find out something <laughs> no, else. No, you won't, because the next book's going to be like 18,000 pages, and you're just going to start, you're going to pick it up and start crying. And then you'll edit. No, I'll probably fall over forward, because it'll just pull me down. Someday Clunk. there will be a George R. R. Martin, the good parts version, just like Princess Bride. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you'll edit all the crap out. Oh, that would be amazing. Oh, my goodness. That would be my life's work. I yes. would be so happy. It's like Victor Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, um, another one I got into was Patrick Rothfuss, really enjoyed, um, The Name of the Wind, um, working on A Wise Man's Fear Now, and, um, he's still another one that takes forever to write the next book in the series, so it's a good thing that I didn't jump on this, this horse when it was first headed out of the gate. I waited for it to come around a couple times. Mm. Um, I was just going to follow that analogy as far as it would take me. Sure. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, I enjoyed it. Again, wasn't completely floored by him. Some people are. I wasn't hit Scott Lynch and just came to a screeching halt and said this okay this is the one. So I'm I'm was really happy that I found that book. Um and then of course the two that I really didn't like was Outlander. And I'm so sad about that You liked Outlander until I thought it was like 50 pages. You're like, "Oh yep. my I kept getting like text messages like, "Oh my god, this is so good. Oh my god, this is so like, oh my god, this is so good. What the fuck?" <laughs> it just that's, that's exactly what it was like. <laughs> It was, have you seen those photographs where it's like a cliff and it's all beautiful shrubbery and trees right at the (coughs) end of the cliff and then you fall down to your death on the rocks below? That was Outlander. It was nuts. You said it turned into like a romance novel. Yeah, it was a beautiful historical fiction, lots of Scottish history. Uh, I'm sorry, the way you just described that sounded more like a Wile E. Coyote cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You know, know, where like like he runs off the cliff. No, no, like he runs off the cliff and then he stops for a second, blinks, looks down, and then realizes he's off the cliff and falls. (laughs) That's what that's what that sounded like. That's kind of that was my experience reading it. Yeah, that was your because you were like, oh, I'm still reading this and I don't understand. (sighs) Well, at that that point, fifty pages left. You gotta finish it. I didn't finish it. You didn't? I didn't. I was so mad. I was fifty pages left. Yes, you did not finish it. Anyway, you should um, just go back. No, you should should just as a waste of time. Uh, A page a day. No, it's a waste of time. A page a a week. You guys, if if I do do that, you're going to hear about it over and over and over and over. We're still going to hear about it over and over again. No, this is no, this is the end of it, right? No, it's not. Um, uh, The other one, highly disappointed in Brandon Sanderson. What me? I don't. That guy. Okay, here. This is the guy, and this is part of an argument that I have about modern fantasy authors anyway. Um, we hit George R. R. Martin. Actually, really, it's kind of started with Tolkien, but Tolkien's a master, so he's allowed to do whatever he wants. Well, Tolkien only did th- really only did three books. Right. Four. 
Hobbit and the Three Lord of the Rings, which books. was he wanted to be a single book. So right. and he and he, I mean, he did you know like the Silmarillion happened later. Yeah, but the Silmarillion is yeah, it, that's all the explanation for yeah, the world. It, it's the history. Yeah, like that yeah. was like Tolkien was a medieval a professor with a medieval history or yep. medieval yeah. literature. The guy was insane. Well, not, not English like, mythology. Yeah, yeah. But, but he made this whole world just to make this book. Yeah, but a, a series a, of books. Essentially, the uh, Silmarillion is basically like the history book. Like it's it's he was his own personal history. Book and it was for it. him exactly. Yeah, yeah. This, exactly the book that he that's wrote why, that's why is nobody, the story set in the world. That's why nobody reads this uh, Silmarillion because you, you you can't fucking read it because it's impossible. Right. Oh, I love uh, it. Yeah, you. Yeah. I know. I've I know parts of it. Haven't I've tried to. to. I'm thinking book on tape, but um, oh yeah, that would that would work really well for the Silmarillion. You are, you are one of only two people I know who has ever successfully read that book. Oh, I, I do love that book. Hey, I'd like to point out the other one speaks Elvish. <laughs> wow. Nice. You know people. I do know people. That's amazing. I wish I were that dedicated. <clears throat> I really do. Anyway, so, um, but Sanderson falls into the same trap. Martin, to some extent, does. Not quite as bad with him. It's getting worse for him that the story gets sacrificed for the sake of the world building is sometimes it's not even good world building. So you're the author is not a storyteller. The author likes to build worlds and then he sort of half-heartedly populates them with people, that, but he doesn't care about them because he's more interested in how the magic works in this world. And that's fine, yeah. but don't inflict it on the rest of us because we don't care. And to that point, the Liza Lacamora avoided that completely. Which is why it I love the book. The really world well happened written. and you knew what what the world looked like. You knew about yeah. the Elder Stone. You knew what was going on. You, yeah. you could picture the world. Well, you got the explanation as you needed it. Exactly. Well, and and then they moved on. Yeah, that goes back to what we were talking about with Brian K. Vaughn. So mm-hmm. he will yep. build the world as we go, but he just throws you in and, and makes you run with it. But at the same time, it's a well thought out world, so well, you don't yeah. have. Unlike J.K. Rowling, there aren't contradictions in the second in the very I next have book. Never read a Harry Potter book. Have you really not? I've seen all the movies. I've not I read have the not books. either. Mm. I actually her world building is. I terrible. think I had the Chamber Pot of Secrets at my house, but that was left there by. <laughs> By, like, my nephew or something. That's a decent book. And, well, I've only read, like, the first chapter. I was like, eh. The first four and are good. Toss, toss because it's a, it's an episodic story about a boy in a magical school. Well, and hey, that's fine. And then suddenly yeah. she decided there had to be an overarching story. And then that's where things fell it's apart. It's funny you say the chamber pot. A friend of mine read all, all eight of the books while on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> but that was Matt. That was Matt's well, bathroom reading for, that's, like, that's the for library, like, six man. months. Wow. My, my uh, old boss would say he's going to the library and that's where he was going. Well, uh, you know, although that's I, where you go to read. Hang on, I, I say that I re- I've read like the first 120 issues of Spawn like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, which, wow. which is kind of fitting for Spawn. Yeah. <laughs> it really is. That's true. <laughs> it wasn't even a joke. It, it, not, it wasn't even a joke. It wasn't even a poop joke there. It was just, it was just yeah, Spawn kind of sucks uh, sometimes. And, <laughs> sound like a poop joke. <laughs> well, no, it was more along the lines of, more, more along the lines of, well... You know, I mean, I could I could read this like not in the bathroom, but like that I could also be doing other. Right. Well, no, I could I could be doing like other productive things. Like Spawn's not that good. <laughs> that, like you know, I want to read it outside of you know when I'm just sitting there. Uh, <laughs> oh wow. Um, movies. Let's talk about movies. This is what let's, was a let's good... get off the poop jokes and go straight to movies. Thank you. Um, this is was a good year for movies. Yeah. It really was. So we started out with Captain America, which I have not seen yet. Sorry. Uh, yeah. That is I'm disappointing. So- I'm sorry. That's disappointing. Guys, that's a really good movie. Yeah, yeah, that's what makes it disappointing. Like, like if you, other things if you would not seen, they're like, oh, well, they were good. But you know, like, like Captain America would like blew people out of the water, like just. I know. It was amazing. I was surprised at how how well. 
yeah. it, it came out. Yeah, a, lot people, a lot of people because I was I was skeptical. A lot of people did not like the first Captain America. I actually really enjoyed it. Was okay, it. yeah. But like this was just so good. It was. I I, I the first one was okay, but this one. Uh, the big yeah. one for me this year was Spider-Man. Why? Everybody knows this. I've told this story a hundred times. Uh, Spider-Man was my first comic love. And Gwen Stacy was my first, like, the hero's girlfriend. Right in the for feels. For me. Huh? Right in I, the feels. Oh, man. And it was, they set it up so perfectly. It looked exactly like the comic book f- page from me being uh, 14 or whenever it came out. And, yeah, it was. Well, the whole, the whole time. And I'm, as soon I'm as just... I saw her outfit, I knew. Well, that's the thing. Like, you see the outfit, and then you see where they end up, and, like, the entire time I'm watching, like, oh, no, it's coming. no. It's coming. Oh, no. And it took, like, 20 minutes to get there, and you're, just, know. Like, you're just like, oh, my God, let it end, let it end. And <laughs> It's I, not going to end well, but just please, please <laughs> let me over. Gwen Stacy is one of, if not the only character in the Marvel Universe that has never come back from the dead, which there are not reasons. Not true. Okay. We now have Spider-Gwen. Wait, yeah, when Spider-Gwen? did this happen? Uh, I don't know if the first issue is out yet, but it's coming back. It's coming. Oh, really? They're bringing back Gwen Stacy? I don't know how well, to feel well, about this, because on. on the one hand, I'm <laughs> super excited because I love Gwen Stacy, and then the... I don't... And, and, but she's uh, been dead for... Not not, 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 re- not really reading yeah, Spider-Man. Um, this may be the Gwen Stacy from the Ultimates universe. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, I'm, I'm a little bit more okay with it, because that's a whole different kind of situation over there. Um... Anyway, so yeah. So seeing Gwen together with Peter, which is really good. I've never liked Mary Jane. Sorry, all the Mary Jane fans. Just, I couldn't. The whole, oh, you just struck the jackpot. Or that's not how it goes. Face it, Tiger. You just struck, you just struck the jackpot. Yeah, that's what it was. I just, that's just so arrogant. I didn't like her. So. Yeah. Oops. Strange. Sorry, Mary Jane. <laughs> hey. Wow. All right. So we're going to move on. <laughs> The days of future past. <laughs> Andrew's still laughing. Wow. <laughs> Sorry, I had to got a jab in there. So days of future past. I saw this twice in the theaters uh, because the first time that I saw it, I got so excited I forgot to take notes, and I, it was my job to review the the That's movie. Funny. <laughs> so I had to go back a second time. And how did you like? It, it was worth it. I was say it took me like two weeks to go see it because I was working again, working nights. And it was like I was working back twelve, so I didn't have time to go see movies and sleep. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it was a good movie though. And then I've actually seen it since then because um, they even had a big screen on they call it screen on the green at college where they put this gigantic inflatable screen up at one end of this huge green like yard lawn area, and we had about I don't know two or three hundred students sitting out and watching. Yeah, it, it was cool. They yeah, handed it was, out cotton candy and yeah, popcorn. Was, that was really cool. Too. Soda pop. Um, but yeah, it holds up. I've seen it three or four times now, and I love it every yeah, I watched time. It, uh, I watched it last night with my girlfriend, and that was um, that was a lot of fun, yeah, fun still. Yeah. So you guys liked it. Yeah. See, I, I it didn't do it for me. Really? Why? Um. Well, a Kitty Pride. I was okay. really disappointed that all she got to do was kind of hover her hands around somebody's head the I'll entire movie. Yeah. Uh, Shadowcat is my favorite. I do yeah, love her. Yeah, and then B, as much as I love Wolverine, like Wolverine is how I got into comics. So, you know, I mean, I have almost the entire original run of that whole series, and I love the character, but I'm tired of seeing a Wolverine movie. Yeah. And that's kind of all they do because they know he sells. and. Hugh Jackman yeah. is an yeah. awesome Wolverine. He is. He's fantastic. He's a little too tall, eh. but I'm eh. I'm okay tall with that because whatever. abs. 
So. <laughs> well, at least there's that. But th- there's just so much of the story that I wanted to be told differently. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Kitty Pride and Wolverine, that's the two things. Kitty Pride should have been doing this stuff, and Wolverine, you know, kind of being the mentor, I guess. Yeah. Instead, it was Kitty Pride making sure Wolverine could do all the things. Yeah. And I was, I don't know, I was just disappointed with it. Okay, that's fair. Those yeah. are those cool, are fair arguments. Cool I scenes, do love. Though. I do cool love Kitty scenes Pride. like that one the at the very end where the the new Sentinels are coming at him and well, uh, everybody's like sacrificing themselves just so Kitty Pryde can hold her hands around the guy's head. I, I think the one, the one thing I loved and I was talking about this last night was if you remember the trailer, it's got the, the Professor X narration to it. And he says, you know, what's the last thing you remember? And it's kind of got an ominous tone to it. Mm-hmm. And at the and then you see the movie. It's at the very end of the movie, when 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 Wolverine wakes up mm-hmm. back in back in and goes the, into in the future in the, in the in the future right goes into the professor and the professor like just starts getting really excited and says, and says it's the same line delivered the same way, mm-hmm. but the tone of the scene is is is. Very Relief. positive, yeah, yeah, and it's what's the last thing you remember? Yeah, and now I can it, bring up the speed because I've been waiting for you to actually come yeah. back. Yeah. yeah, it worked. Can I just mention the moment <laughs> that I saw Jean Grey? Yes, I cried. You I do? teared it up. Oh. I love Jean Grey and Wolverine. Yeah, I, I, I love mm-hmm. them. Oh, and I, and I know they're like they're never going to get together or not not properly, but. Yeah, and Probably. he he turns around, and he his memory is of this. I'm crying now. Okay, uh, his memories <laughs> of this world up. where she doesn't live, and then here she is, and oh my gosh, I love it, yeah. love it, love it. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, well, yeah, because at this point they've basically undone X Men: The Last Stand, so he's the only one who remembers Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Yes. And she's so happy Which too. Is it's, it's not it's not Jean Grey that's miserable and doesn't know how to control herself and isn't really sure what she's supposed to be doing and questions Professor X. This is the happy Jean Grey. This yeah. is the sweet girl that he fell in love with. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was definitely a good scene. Very surprising. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. Loved it. Yes. And, and, and yeah, that's really Best the, movie of the year. It's I kind think. of the, well, I think it's kind of the, the surprise hit of the summer. Yeah. You know, I mean like First of all, when it was announced, everyone's like, you've got to be shitting me. Like, that's what they're <laughs> going to fucking make next? <laughs> but, no, I mean, I remember that. It was like, and then, you know, personally, like, having having gone and then read a lot of the stuff, it's like, I don't know how well this is going to do, how they're going to do this, but, you know, this looks, sounds good. Like, you know, I like I really like the Abnett Landing stuff, and that was a lot, where a lot of, not not strictly plot, but a lot of the, the, the feel of the characters and things were, were drawn from. Yeah, there, there was had, a lot of doubt with the I mean, with the casting too. People were like, "Oh, Chris Pine, Pratt, and, Chris, and Chris Pratt. Pratt." I'm sorry, that's right, Chris Pratt. Pine would have been a terrible choice. Sorry, Chris Pine, if you're listening. <laughs> <Oops>. <laughs> I hadn't read any of them, right? So yeah. I was like, "Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Who's that?" That's that was my take because yeah. I've been out of the. I knew about the Infinity the Gauntlet, scene for a so while. I I I kept caught have on. You read, have you read Infinity Gauntlet? Yes, I own them. Do you? I need yeah. to read them. I have them in my stack somewhere. Yeah, I'll get them. Yeah, to you. please get them to me. Um, I've actually wanted to read them for a while. And um, good. No, I was gonna say at this point, can we just all agree that Marvel can do whatever they want ever, ever again? I don't know they about. They just I, I mean, announce I it, I and we're know. all like, yes, <laughs> right. I don't know about that, but I mean, I think they're, I think they're making very specific, very strategic choices, and they are, they're doing, they're thinking them out very, very, um, very well. I lost my good words there. 
No, I, yeah. I got you. They're, they're being very <laughs> careful, very cautious, left. and they're making good moves. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, what about Howard the Duck? Speaking of good moves. Eh. Eh. You're talking about the at the end of the yeah. movie, or are you talking yeah. about? Well, the fact that they're, I mean, they're basically telling us that's what's coming next. I don't know if there's going to be a Howard the Duck movie. I don't I think, know if oh, that's really? what they're saying. Oh, no. you guys think that it's just, they were just saying, hey, and also Howard the Duck exists. And cameo. Yeah. yeah. That's kind well, of... well, they are doing a Howard the Duck comic now. Yeah. Which, we'll see how that goes. I mean, I, I'll pick it up. I'm interested. But I think if they're walking a very fine line on that one. Okay. Um, there's a lot, because of how creators and artists feel about how Marvel treated Steve Gerber. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Yeah, so they're they're walking a tightrope on that one. Okay. Um, we'll see how it comes out. Are we going to see more Cosmo in the <clears throat> next Guardians, do you think? No clue. No? Oh, um, I hope so. No, actually, the one, I'm, the one I'm curious to see how it comes out next for Marvel is Ant-Man. Only because there's been... Oh, I keep forgetting that. Oh, Paul Rudd. Ugh. Well, it's, it's not so Sorry, much... Sorry, Paul Rudd, if you're listening to this. <laughs> it's, not, it's not so much the casting. Actually, the casting I'm kind of fine with. Um, is Paul Rudd's not doing um, uh, um, Hank Pym? He's not. He's not Hank Pym. Oh, he's the other. He's the. He's Hank Pym's. Hank Pym's replacement. Um, what's his face? Um, Kurt Douglas is is Hank Pym. Oh, okay. So the casting I'm okay with. All right. Um, what I'm interested in is they've gone through directors because it was Edgar Wright. Mm-hmm. That was the last time I heard. I haven't paid any attention to this at all. Edgar Wright has been Edgar, Edgar Wright's been out for a while now, um, and basically was basically excited creative differences with Marvel, mm. which, which is kind of interesting because Edgar Wright's very good. Yeah, you know, um, so I'm kind of curious to see how that's going to come out. But I mean, some of the other stuff they've announced this year, um, Doctor Strange with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes, that should be really good. Um, I am super excited for the Avengers for event for Avengers Age of Ultron. Scarlet Witch. Scarlet Witch. Oh, is that, but I mean, Scarlet Witch. Mm. Yes. Is that, but I mean, just like the Ultron. Um, yeah. The whole Age of Ultron I, I situation. Love, I, yeah, I, I love the, also love the trailer where they're all trying to, if you saw the extended trailer, they starts off with they're all trying to pick up, um, pick up Thor's hammer. Ah, no, I didn't see this. Oh, we'll put it, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, and like, first off, you know, it, uh, Tony Stark starts trying to pull, pick it up. And then, like he 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 like goes and puts on like the Iron Man gauntlet. It's got like thrusters on it to try and lift it. And then he and Rhodey are trying to lift it together. <laughs> and then so, it, it, so it becomes kind of this game. And uh, Cap goes to lift it, and Cap actually gets like a slight little budge out of it. And Thor is like kicking back with this big old grin, like oh, nobody's ever gonna lift. It. And then Cap gets this, the ever so slight movement, and, and Thor's face just drops, like uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> um. And like like Black Widow's like nope, not gonna even try it. Not oh. even gonna do it. Yeah, that's funny. Um, okay, tell, tell very briefly because we're going to review it later, and um, and I. You'll actually don't the, the review will it. actually be out by the time the podcast comes out. The review actually just came out. Right. So, Death of Smaug. Well, it's, uh, or Battle of Five ba- Armies, of the Army. so, very end of the Hobbit. I'm sorry. Right. So um, I I actually enjoyed it. This was actually significantly better than the um, the second one. I don't know. I mean, I think in general it probably it, it probably was better than the first one, but. I mean, I, I didn't think I didn't have the issues that Tracy had with the first one. Um, without going into those, because we don't have the next six months to talk about it. <laughs> I want to um, talk about it. Anyways. As she gives grumpy face. <laughs> yeah, grumpy cat. It's got nothing right now. <laughs> um, no, I thought it was. I thought it was a lot better. Um, I think in general, I mean, the book gives gives them a lot of leeway in terms of the the actual battle because you know, Bilbo gets knocked out in the beginning of the battle and then. Oh right, right. And then wakes up at the end. So the 
the book doesn't really tell us what happens in the battle. Um, so it's really up to Peter Jackson to fill that in. Yeah, and I think he does a reasonably good job. Um, and Bilbo, he doesn't get knocked out in, like right away. He does mm-hmm. get knocked out, though, for a while. And, okay. Um, does he get the Mithril shirt? Yes, he does. Okay. Well, that's important. Yeah. yeah. Well, obviously it's important because it happens in Lord of the Rings. Well, right, we need, yeah. it. We need <laughs> that for later. Yes. Part, yeah. um, so, I mean, that happens. I mean, the fight scenes were, when they call it the Battle of Five Armies, I mean, probably at least half the movie is is the battle. So it's nice. a, it's aptly named. Um, the death of Smaug was done very well. Um, a little bit of liberty taken, but not not tremendously. Um, that was really good. I'm trying to think what else there was. Um, I, I mean, again, yes. The the, on, the only my only real com- there were, I, I've got two complaints, and I'll co- and I'll, I'll cover these a little bit more in detail in the in the review. There was one part of the fight that we kind of gave up on the laws of physics. <laughs> and I was, I was kind of like, oh, that's kind of good. That's kind of all right. Got no, no. Damn it! <laughs> like, like it was, it was like it was like okay, fine. Like suspension of disbelief for like a couple of like for a little bit, a little bit, and then it was like, all right, no, too long. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, too long. Um, and then the other part was, what 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 made the second part, the second movie rough was a lot of the stuff they shoehorned in, the the crap they made up, and they had to wrap that up in the third one now now what was good is they didn't spend a whole lot of time oh that's good then they 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 got that over with i mean you know it was the end of the film but they they got it over with fairly painless you know fairly quick fairly painlessly but it still was like i wish we didn't have to deal with that yeah yeah, so yeah um you also went and saw yodorowsky's dune yeah right and so i mean yeah so obviously documentary um it was fantastic just because of, honestly, I think because of Yodorowsky. The things he had to say and the insight into his creative process was really amazing. Um, someone had put up a quote from him the other day. It was talking about ambition. He's like, I have ambition to live 300 years. I will not live 300 years. I may live one more year, but I have ambition. Yeah, I, I saw that. I think you posted it on Facebook because I saw it too. Either Facebook or Twitter. I can't remember yeah. which. But it was just, it was, it was it's a really good quote about, you know, about trying to just you know you're not going to do everything you want to do mm-hmm. but you should always keep trying you and know, he has a lot gosh. of things i was going to say he has a lot mm-hmm. of things like that and if you're interested in hearing what he has to say on a regular basis he he posts on twitter in spanish but there's another twitter account that follows him and it's yodorowsky in english and yeah. they translate all of his quotes which is really right. really good the i enjoy watching speak spanish alejandro Yodor- yeah <laughs> yes okay um <laughs> um yeah. And also, the other, the other great quote I have is when he's talking about when the movie didn't get made because obviously it, the, that that version of Dune um, did not get made. Mm-hmm. He, he's talking about it and he said he said, you know, if life says you make Dune, you say yes. If life says you do not make Dune, you say yes. And it, the idea of just you embrace whatever life gives you and you do you make the best of what you got. And it mm-hmm. was like I said, he's, what he has to say about it is great. And obviously, the movie. You get to see a lot of these people who had influences on Hollywood. Um, that still are, we still see today. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, they kind of point out if, if Yodorowsky's Dune, if, if, if as much that they made, as much as they made didn't happen, then Alien doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Then Blade Runner doesn't happen. You know, and, and it's this, this, this chain reaction of, of classic 
influential science fiction films that just don't happen because people don't get put together or, or other, other influential movies don't get made. Yeah. And it was really interesting to kind of see that, that, that chain reaction there. Yeah. And we have a big review of that too. We'll throw that in the show notes as well. Um, video games. I know this was, uh, an okay year for video games. It was okay. PS4 came out. Whoop de doo. The Xbox was out last year, but well, yeah, well, well, it was it was the first year for it was the first full year for both because they were both out end of yeah, last, last year. Quarter. Yeah, for for the holiday season. Um, yeah, it was an okay year for for games. It wasn't huge. Um, one huge disappointment for me, obviously, if you read my article on it, was Dark Souls Two. Uh. Hugely, highly anticipated because of the fantastic writing and execution of the previous two Souls games, Demon Souls and Dark Souls. And the the reins were handed over to a different person, uh, and it just it didn't work out. Uh, that's all I'm going to say on that. If you want more, <laughs> you can read the article. But uh, also released was the remaster of uh, Final Fantasy X. Nice. And uh, I, get, too. I was actually looking at that. Like, I need to get that. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was really, really pretty. Uh, I really love Final Fantasy games. Yeah. Final Fantasy uh, X only... was probably my favorite uh, of the series. I think the only, the only one I really couldn't get into was, was um, 13, just because it was so, it was so single line driven. Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. You know, it, it was really. You had to go in. The, you you went the way they they told you you were gonna go. Yeah, I, I was whereas like, compared to like every other Final Fantasy game, which is a lot more open world. Yes, not, which is what drew me into Final Fantasy right. in the first place. Not quite sandbox, I'd say, but no, it really was. It was very linear. I know exactly. Yeah. You had to get well, no, no, two no, no, no. thirds of the way into the game before you could actually go do whatever it is you wanted to right. do. Right. What I was saying, like like Final Fantasy games in the past have been very open world, but they're, they're not quite like they're not sandbox games. They're not. They're not. You know. Um, uh, Grand Theft Auto or like Fallout or anything like that, right? Or Just Cause. Yeah, but they're but they're, they're a lot more open. Yeah, you don't have to follow the story right away. Like you can go off and grind, or they'll give you little uh, side areas that you can go to. Yeah, uh, different ways to get the the summon spells or what have you. you know whatever it is. Right. Uh, and that's that's nice because you don't have to follow this linear story. Uh, Final Fantasy X, you know X it. it it kind of does that, but at a certain point it breaks off and you can start doing your own thing. But they made it really gorgeous with all the cutscenes. The only problem I have with it, uh, damn you, Square, is that you can't uh, skip the cutscenes. You are forced to watch all the seconds of the cutscenes. And I don't know why they took it out. You could skip them in the original. Right. Uh, but you have to watch all the cutscenes. Every time you play through the game, if you decide to play through it more than once, and that's it's atrocious. That's asinine. It's long, yeah. That's stupid. But so recently, I'm not. I'm still just kind of starting off with it. But uh, Shadow of Shadow of Mordor. I'm excited to hear yeah, what you have to say. That about game's that. been a lot. Of, so it's it's kind of a combination of Batman Arkham Arkham City Arkham Asylum and Assassin's Creed, which are both games I really like. Yeah, okay. Um, it's funny because Kyle Kyle was playing it, not doing very well. And he's like, yeah, this game's like super hard. And I'm like, for one, he probably put it on like a higher difficulty because he always does that. But he's like, he's just dying all over the place. And I'm like, why are you dying so much? Like, oh, oh, that's right. You're not very great, good at Assassin's Creed. Yeah. <laughs> so that that probably has something to do with it. Did Assassin's Creed get better as, as they came out with more games? So I'm a little bit behind 
Um, I'm way behind. I've only played the first one, and I only played the. Fr- I didn't even finish it. Two, the Assassin's Creed Two trilogy, the Two Brotherhood and Revelations. Mm-hmm. I may have that out of order, but those three are freaking amazing. Okay. Uh, those are just absolutely fantastic because they're worth going and playing. Okay, I, I may have to go back. The first one I found very repetitive. <clears throat> yeah, no, the second one, um, Assassin's Creed Two, is not nearly as repetitive. Like it's much much better than that, and then the other two are really good. Um, I'm still I'm still actually working on three. I played a little Black Flag, um, and I've I have Unity. I have not played it um, just because I've I've been busy with other stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for I'm looking I'm looking forward to playing it because I mean the games are like like it looks fantastic. Yeah, I'll have to give them a, a second look. It's definitely worth worth a go but I was just disappointed just how repetitive that first one was and it kind of killed it for me to, to look at the rest of them yeah no 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 definitely go and play like yeah one one that was that's a general complaint most people had about one and two is very much not that way and then th- and then the uh, the uh, Brotherhood and Revelations are much much are, are even better than that great okay quick let's jump into TV shows um we have, oh, we've got so many, Arrow, Gotham, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Flash, Constantine, um, all, those are the, all the comic book movies. Constantine I haven't seen, um, and Flash I haven't seen. That's a I, lot of shows. I, I know, I Do know. Isn't it amazing? All? I am watching. Between, the all, between us? Uh, all I think Constantine's the only one that we're not, all, that someone's not watching. I'm only because, like, I've seen the pilot, and I, I enjoyed it. I just, when I've watched the pilot, the... I've been getting season passes for shows, so I can watch them whenever, that, whenever I damn well please. <laughs> well, if you're going to do something, you may as well do it when you can damn well please. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's also like it's also like all forgotten it was on, and then like, what I've heard is that Constantine was not picked up again, um, and it's still about... outstanding that it may not. I will look while you are talking. Um. So con- I mean, constantly the pilot was good. Um, we'll see kind of where it goes. I am I am watching Flash. That's that's great. Flash has been amazing. So like Gotham's kind of dark. Arrow's kind of dark. I loved Arrow. Agents of Shield has gotten kind of dark. <laughs> I did fantastic. not like um, Arrow. I love Agents of Shield. I love Gotham. Why did you not like Arrow? Okay. So 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 Arrow. So originally I started watching Arrow at Borderless before they moved locations. So that's actually how I got one of the ways I got to know Pete, Nikki, and Santana real well is the four of us that sit and watch Arrow after the store closed. Mm-hmm. But because of my, my work schedule, I, I had to miss weeks. So while I was out with the flu last week, um, I started watching because the first two seasons are on Netflix. Right. Arrow is actually a lot better if you watch the entire thing. Like I'm I'm 15. I'm at episode like 15. And like if In I, season one or two <clears throat> season one. Yeah. I'm like, I really did not like season one when I was watching it. And I think part of that was I was just getting it piecemeal. Like if I had the whole thing. Like like. It was working a lot better. Yeah, that, well, that's how I watched it because you know I I don't have the cable or these you know the high end stuff, but so I have to catch everything as the internet gives it to me, and that's how I watched it. I basically binged watch it, and it was awesome. I mean, yeah, it. it if I, you, I I would actually recommend going back uh, unless you, unless you watch it that way, I would recommend Tracy going back and watching it like all just just okay. all the way through. My principal argument against it was honestly, it's too many pretty people. I have the same problem with uh, Agents of Shield, but yeah. Agents of Shield is getting grittier, so I'm okay. Yeah, but you're not going to get it's broadcast television. They're going to cast pretty people yeah. and you just But they're too pre- Oh my goodness, they're just so pretty. It, it, it's, it's, it's either deal with, deal with it or stop watching television. <laughs> well, right? I just don't watch that show, but 
I mean, if I could just break someone's jaw a little bit, knock out a tooth or two, we'd be fine. Everything would be okay. Yeah, but you're also talking about like a comic book world. Have you read a comic book? <laughs> or, or looked at all, a comic book? Yeah, where all, all right, the guys. women were a skin tight, you know, spandex. It wasn't or what even have about you, that. You know, the guys are all that is actually bound. that's actually one complaint that I've heard, I've heard a lot of people have, not not about comics in general. Um, one one character in particular, and they just cast her for Suicide Squad as Amanda Waller. Uh-huh. Um, who was always kind of a heavy set African American woman, and then like when they when they started Amanda Waller got her own comic, and she was a lot like you know like went stereotypical and the more pers- voluptuous, more curvy. Yeah, and then well, and then like the woman they've they've cast is not is better. <laughs> well, no, she's better. She's she's probably closer, a little bit closer to where the comic was. I mean, she's not where the, where the where the old characterization was, but yeah, like I kind of appreciated that. It was like. You know, not everyone looks good in in. Right, right. But not, not but, everybody's but, this. But at the model, same, well, yeah. And, well, at the same Greek time, statue. Amanda Waller was great because, like, like she ran. I can't remember what what organization she ran. She may have run Checkmate, and she would put superheroes in their place. Like they go to like they'd lip off, and she'd be like, "Uh, uh-uh, no, shut the fuck up. You'll do what the fuck I tell you to do." <laughs> it's good. Nice. Um, no, but anyway, getting back to what I was saying, Flash. Like all these other shows are kind of dark, and Flash is very light. It's very, I mean, there's you know there's there's dramatic elements to it because it's still a television drama. Sure. But you know Barry Allen is always this this happy character, and, he, and he's always trying. And it's yeah. it's a much it's got a much lighter feel than than some of the other some of the other shows out there. And that and that really kind of goes. I mean, the, in the comic, I mean, that's the characterization of Barry Allen. That's who he is. Um, um, by the way, Constantine, we don't know about season two yet, but they did cancel all the extra uh, season one episodes, so it's done at 13 episodes for season one, possibility of being renewed for season two. So that, yeah, that's we'll where see. we stand. Yeah. I mean, I, Constantine was all on, on a bad footing anyways when, when the female lead dropped after two episodes. Yeah. Like, that was just not a good sign. Um, and apparently also, the pilot didn't receive very good reviews, but it picked up later. Well, you know, here's the other thing, like... Fanboys like there are guys who love love Constantine because of the specific characterization of Constantine. He's kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. He's not really out there doing doing things. He's he's not um, motivated but to help by helping people. That doesn't work for that doesn't work for a network television show. Correct. And people just crapped all over the show. And it's like and I was sitting there like guys, if you keep doing this, it's gonna get canceled. Yeah. Like like if you don't, they're like, well, it's okay, but it could be better. It's like. Like if you guys keep crapping on it as much, you like, you're like you're, it's you're just, gonna lose it. It's right, gonna it's, be taken away. It's no longer yeah. it's not gonna no longer be okay. It's just it's gonna be gone. Yeah. Agents of Shield. I'm really enjoying. Yep. It's much better than it was. Has the it first... picked up? Yes. It picks up after it picks up about halfway through actually the first season. Halfway two thirds of the way through the first season. Like shit. Gets, I really shit gets so about really... as long as as. I started watching. I was like, "All right, this is. I don't know but, if this is going all right." Basically, basically, what happened was they had to have a lot of filler until Captain America came out because that just yeah. changed everything. Right, the whole Hydra thing. Yeah, like that. That had a huge impact on the show. There was a big and reveal, and yeah. something right. big happened, and then the beginning of the second season was and where then I just really gets crazy. Yes, <laughs> and that's where I jumped back on board and was like, "Oh my gosh, look at all this stuff that happened while I wasn't paying attention." Right. Okay. And it's all on Netflix now. Well, not season two. Season one's entirely on Netflix now. So if you wanted to catch up, you could. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Well, I think I only didn't watch what four or five episodes. So yeah. Sure. I can. I can easily bang that out. Um. 
Gotham is good. I like Gotham. I like some of the characterizations. I like Harvey Bullock. Um, I feel like it is a natural um, relative, perhaps, of Nolan's stuff. Um, I don't know about that. Okay. I feel like it, it came directly. Not not directly from it, because it, it's, not, it's not Nolan. But it was easy for me to make the transition from the last Batman movie to this show. And I'm okay with that. I like it. Um, Does but it follow I, the same Dark Knight style? Or is mm, it different? I mean, I'm, well, I mean, it's it's it really is more like a crime drama, yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's following Jim Gordon. Okay. Yeah, so it, when he's young. So this this but is his like first years like, out on as a B cop. Be Batman versus no 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 no, no. yeah okay. no, no. yeah it's it, it's um, certainly much it is certainly much more the Nolan the the darker feel to it. Okay. And it's uh it's the first couple years of Jim Gordon now as a B cop. Well, not, he's not a B cop. Or, he's a, he's a detective. detective. Sorry, detective. Yeah. And then it's all, you're also seeing the origins of a lot of the villains, which I like. Yeah, I think sounds, cool. sounds good. Like we got yeah, we got their first in, like his in first introduction to Harvey Dent as a as mm-hmm. an assistant prosecutor. Um, uh, Penguin. Um, I'm trying to think who else has been in. Um, well, you're telling us about the Joker. Uh, fish. Um, well, no, uh, no, that 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 I'm sorry, that's that that was in the um, that was in the the Snyder Capullo comic. Oh, oh no, Joker! Joker has not made any kind of appearance in in this. Um, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, like Fishman, you got you you got the two the two major crime families in in Batman, the Falcone mm-hmm. and the Maroni. Yep, crime families. But yeah, I'm excited to see where it goes from here. I I like this. I know not everyone does, but that that's what I'm on board for. Agents of Shield has kind of proven itself. I'm really glad. Um, Agent Carter premieres at the beginning of the year, which looks yep. to be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It's a good time to be a fanboy, man. Yeah. It's a well, really good time to be a fanboy. The marketing is really well done these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. I don't think there's any other shows. Well, and there's a couple a couple of uh, shows that are not... Uh, if you have not watched on Netflix, BoJack Horseman. Yes. That show is ridiculously funny. Um, it's like a... Like a, like a um, I hate to use this analogy at the moment. Um, you know, I'll, No, I'll just... Actually, I won't even touch that one. Um... <laughs> How about this one? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I'll tell you guys. We'll leave that hanging out. There. I'll I'll tell you guys what it is later. Wow. And, and you'll you'll understand why I'm just letting that one. I'm I'm not going on to that one. No, it's kind of like a um like a like a Full House kind of dad character. Um, you know, from like an like an eighty or eighties or nineties sitcom. Sure. Um, I love it already. And and he's like a like a washed up actor now. It's like. You know, moderate alcoholic and things. And keep going. You're you're only selling me on it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just so like he's, he's, he's kind of like trying to like trying to rehab his career a little bit and just failing miserably at it because he's a horrible person. <laughs> it's really it's really really funny. That's awesome. Um, and then I've also been been watching the um the uh, Amazon series um Alpha Alpha House. Which is not necessarily not particularly geek related, but it's really funny, just in terms of the fact that like it, it's um four four Republican senators living in a in a house together. And, I can only imagine. And yeah. the hilarity ensues. Well, and and well, <laughs> and one of them, one of them is John Goodman, who's oh very t- nice. Well, it's the first episode starts off. There's that, there's four of them living in there, and one of them uh, was supposed to turn himself into the Department of Justice, uh, and it's it's Bill Murray. 
So like Bill Murray's oh, in the first episode. He's, he's, he's still alive. He's in the first episode for like two minutes, and like, like, like John Goodman wakes up and there's all like looks out the window and all these cops out there, and he goes and wakes up Bill Murray's character, and Bill Murray's character's like, he's like trying to make himself look presentable, so he's like brushing his teeth, trying to comb his hair, and like shave at the same time, and he's like crying and cursing. <laughs> <laughs> and John Good, John Goodman just looks he's like, well, that's just poor staff work. <laughs> it's really, it's really funny. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Oh, the other one that I'm watching and I've just started getting into, it's not new. There's a Christmas um, special. I know. I just got an email about the BoJack Horseman Christmas special yesterday. Uh, that's, what, that's, that's actually what made me think about it. <laughs> um, I've been watching Black Mirror, which is, I've been describing it as, um, I think it's something like American Horror Story, but without the horror. It's it's very strange um, and it's very thought-provoking and it's very disturbing, but it's not like gratuitous horror and and violence and there's um i like it it's british if you like british dry humor you'll like it um it's um and and the description i think on um on imdb is that it is a show about what can happen now and in the future when technology like the dark side of technology how technology can ruin lives and it's really really interesting okay um definitely worth giving a a watch especially but beware it is very disturbing I'm, I'm definitely I'm R-rated. disturbed already. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we're running a little long here. And since we've been talking about the kind of the year in review, I think we'll go ahead and skip uh, what, we're, what we've been into because... We just told you. Yeah. Basically, that's the entire damn show. <laughs> we've been into the year. It's yeah. It's actually been a pretty decent year. No, it really yeah. has. I mean, you know, little little complaints here and there, but as a, as a whole, it's 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 held up very well. Um. We've had a great year here at the blog. We have, we have. It's been, it's been good to us. I, I love it. <laughs> it's just getting better, guys. I mean, I mean, yeah. I'm not. It, it's just getting better. I don't, I don't think there's been a single show that we've done and walked away and been like, oh, that could have been. We've had consistently good um, guests on. Our staff members that have been on here have been really, really fun. We love doing the podcast, and we're just going to keep doing it, and it's just going to keep getting better. Yeah. So. It's a nice little segue here. So if you if you're liking what we're doing and want to see more in 2015, you can go on over to thereforeigeek.com. Uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. And here in the near future, we're looking into putting the podcast on uh, on some other other sort uh, other platforms. Uh, we're looking into uh, Stitcher and um, just doing some some putting the audio of the podcast on YouTube. Um, so when those, when those things, uh, pan out, we will let you guys know, uh, you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash therefore a geek or on Twitter at therefore a geek and Tracy is at Mary eyes. Mm -hmm. So once again, I'm Andrew, I'm Tracy and I'm Kurt and you've been listening to therefore I geek. <laughs>